Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I'm just going to get going because I have a lot to share with you this morning. And I'm excited because as Pastor Joy said, it's Connect Sunday and I love connection. I love Connect Group. I love this house, and so this message is basically a home-cooked meal from me to you because this, what I'm going to share today is my life in a message. It's how I do my life. If you're wondering how I do my life, how we operate, there's teaching in here, there's culture in here, and so get comfortable, <laughs> and um, it's going to be awesome. So, so glad you're here, and... Um, I just, I love seeing so many new faces in the crowd, like people I don't know. So if I haven't met you yet, I would love to meet you. Um, Michael and I will be out in the lobby after. And I'm just, I just want to say I'm so thankful for this church and this house and particularly this campus of El Cajon. It wasn't on our radar to come out this way. I grew up in North County, but God has brought us here and has showed off and showed up and just so excited for what God's doing out here. So just wanted to share that to let you know that I love all of you guys. Okay, so the title of my message and my first point is called The Community in Connection. So in the beginning, God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. So God created man and woman, and he wanted them to make a family, have babies, and grow in community with each other and with him. So church is a gathering place. And so this is just one campus in, in Awakened Church, and we are continuing to grow. And so I wanted to speak into that a little bit, too, because when we announced last week or the week before that we're starting Bayho Campus, we're starting Coronado Campus, we're starting Boise Campus, and that we're even believing for three other locations in East County for, for us, right? And so people, yes, come on, that's exciting. And I want to tell you why, because some people started saying, well, why do we need so many, and what, what's the rush, and why, you know? And so I wanted to say, it's because, well, first of all, we, Pastor Yerkin's heart is to have an awakened church no more than 20 minutes around uh, from someone to drive. Because if something's too far, if you're not bought in and connected yet, but if, if it's only 20 minutes or 15 minutes to drive, like maybe they'll show up. So that's one of the reasons why we want to we wanna do that. Because if we are saying we want to take a city for Jesus, we need to have locations in all these area. Okay? Another reason is the the buying the buildings themselves. So before, this was a rundown Vons that probably the people across the street were so glad we bought it and transformed it. So it didn't sit empty and it wasn't, you know, the best looking building to look at. But so when people drive by now on 2nd Street, they might just say, what, what if there's, there's something in there for me? And, and, you know, they might be having a down date and just might see the lights on in Awakened Church and, and think, what if I just tried out God? I've tried everything else in my life. What if I just went to church? Maybe there's something there for me. And so we like to 
to be a light for the community in, in the spiritual and in the natural. We want to be a place that people can gather, come together from all walks of life. People, people that live on the streets come in, find, finding connection with, with God and others. And so it's so important. And also... I don't know if you know this, but so in heaven, God has angels and armies and they, and they operate in legions. So any, the, the enemy, the devil also has those types of things that are operating. So in Genesis, when Adam and Eve ate from the tree and there was the biggest real estate transaction that ever happened on earth, we gave basically Satan, the devil, reign over the earth. So he is, he is the prince of the principalities on this earth. Yes, God is in control and is almighty and powerful, but he owns the earth. And so every time we take a building or buy a property, we are claiming this ground and territory for the kingdom. So it is, it is so important that we buy land and take the territory. Because even if we rent somewhere, we're still operating under the lender. So that's why Pastor Jurgen is so passionate about buying buildings and territories, and so should you. So it is so important. So And in, in, in all our campuses have a little bit different feel. You know, our campus has a little bit different flavor than Bressy Ranch and Eastlake. We kind of have our own thing. We have the same heart. We carry the same heart as Pastor Jurgen and Leanne. But we're all a little bit different. But partly because there's different principalities that are at work in that region. So what we're facing here in El Cajon, you know, this, this poverty and homelessness and, and drug addictions and broken families. And, you know, people would say, oh, if you're on drugs, you're, you're in El Cajon. You're right here, Broadway, 2nd Street. You don't want that building. That's, that building is where all the drug things happen. You don't want to go there. It's like, actually, God was like, no, that's exactly where I need you to be. Because we're here to, to bring a difference and a change. To this, to this city. I want El Cajon to be known as a, as a, as a city that's prosperous. Like we're going to see the real estate go up in this area as, as things are transformed, as we, we help people understand who they are in God and that they don't have to live under the principalities of darkness that have been at reign too long in this place. So that's why we're here. And, and that's why we're passionate about vision builders and buying buildings. So I just wanted to share that if you're new here and you're wondering why we're so passionate about expanding, that is why, because that means lives changed, people set free, and his kingdom expanded, okay? Just wanted to say that. All right. Amen. Okay, so I'm really, that's, that's what I mean. This story, this message is basically like me coming out, so you're going to feel it. <laughs> so anyway, I love this house. But I also love it because we get to come in together into community together. It's a place where we can gather and, and find each other. Matthew 22, 36 to 40. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And we know this is God's plan for his people because he, he said it and he modeled it. So how do we obey this command? What does it mean to be in relationship with him and others? Well, if you know me, you know I, I love people. I'm a people person. I'm a dental hygienist. I talk to all my patients. Not... I do it right. People complain that, that maybe, um, you know, we talk too much, but I don't do that, but I, I get to know them and I've, I've, 
like to watch their kids grow up. Like, it's my favorite part of my job is getting to know people. I make friends wherever I go. I talk to random strangers. Michael doesn't like it because he he, every person that like, I smile at, he's like, they think you like them. And I'm like, no, I'm just being friendly. He's like, can you stop talking to strangers? <laughs> And, um, but, but that's just, that's just how I am. I'm interested in people. I like people watching. Michael says I'm nosy, but I just genuinely are, am interested in people. I, 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 people watch in airports. That's the best pay, place to people watch. You know, everyone, yes, I have a lot of people that agree with me. You know, I'm thinking, where are they going? What, what's, what are their lives like? Where do they live? How are they doing? Sometimes I ask them if I'm curious enough, if they're close enough. But I, I love learning about people. I love people. But we're all on this journey of life together. And everyone comes from a different background of life and has a different story. And that what, that's what makes me so excited about meeting people. Everyone's different and everyone's in a different place. So we're all on this journey of life together. But we all also want to feel a part of something. And so that's why we have things like church to help you be intentional about being together. We have church. We have men and women's prayer, men, 5.30 a.m. Tuesdays, women, 6.30 a.m. On, thir- on Thursdays. Come on. It's a, it's a place where you're going to learn your prayer voice and authority and pray and believe for things. It's, it's a great um, tool. And then we also have connect groups, of course, that, that is the highlight of today. A place where you can come together, make new friends, and do life together. It's so great. And if you feel like you haven't really connected with people here yet, if you're new here, ask someone out to lunch. Be friendly. Friendly people have friends. So if you want friends, be friendly, you know? And, and so I'm sorry if, um, if, if you haven't made friends yet, like, that's okay. Maybe you're just trying to, um, like Michael, just kind of an introvert, doesn't really need people. But um, he's changed, actually. God has changed you. You're, you're way more extroverted now. But let's be friendly and look after each other. So 16 years ago, I think, I think it was, we, I hosted my first Connect Group. So it wasn't called Connect Group, but it was a game night that I had in my house every Monday night. A friend offered up my place and said, game night's at Lisa, Lisa's. And so we grew from like six people. We would play things like Cranium, Taboo, and cards and things like that. And then it grew to like over 20 people where you can't play those games anymore. So they turned into Mafia Nights. Who's played Mafia card game? Wow, not that many people. Maybe that's like our generation kind of thing. I'm not sure. But... Um, it's a card game that, that you can play together. And so, but from that group is where I met Alan Walter and then eventually Emily Walter. And that's where I've, I've made lifelong friendships. It's how I found Awaken Church, actually, through this Connect group, this group that I had. And people wanted to come because it was a place where they could hang out and be friendly and, be, and have fun. And that's all Connect Group is. Like, yes, we have, we carry the heart and vision of the house, but it really just is a place where people can come and get together and have a good time and, and feel loved. So our first, my, the first time Michael came to one of my game nights, he, he showed up at the door holding a homemade pumpkin pie that he made from scratch. And I was like, you're going to be my husband. <laughs> Yep. He didn't, I didn't tell him just then. It would have scared him off. But inside, I was like, this is, this is great. And that's a good teaching for somebody. Don't show up to somebody's house empty-handed, okay? Bring something. 
bring something, you know, because that was, that stood out to me because no one really had brought things to my game nights. I would just buy like chips and queso and have fruit and popcorn and stuff. But, but Michael came and above and beyond and bam, got married. <laughs> so good job. Yeah. And I also love it because Sean and Elena over here, Gambardella, give us a wave. They met at our connect group also. They met at our pumpkin carving party, and now they're married with two kids, so you never know who you're going to connect with, and, and sometimes there's unlikely friendships that are going to come out of those groups that are going to be invaluable for me, and I've seen those over the years too. So, and, and don't be intimidated by going to a group or hosting a group. It's like, you don't need to know very much. As long as you love people and love God, you can, you can look after people, so don't be afraid. The Bible says to love thy neighbor, but who is our neighbor? Our neighbor is anyone we come across with in life. Timothy Keller says, to be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved, well, is a lot like being loved by God. Isn't that true? When you're known, people know when you're not okay. People know when you don't show up to serve, they call you. How are you doing? Where are you at? Just want to make sure that you're okay. You'll be noticed when you're known. And, and, and people are going to, maybe you don't want them to. Like if you try to disconnect and disengage, people are going to come after you. So you may not like that, but it's good for you. <laughs> and the fact that someone's looking for you should tell you that you're cared about and seen and loved. And that's what I love about our church. We are a church that, that, that cares, truly cares about people. And I know that. I'm not saying that just for me. But, but I know that, like, Jess and, and Brent are right here in the second row. You're amazing. There's someone that, that came to the first service that told me that she hadn't been to, here in a while and she said, you guys remembered their name and welcomed them back and said, where have you been? And it just meant so much to her that you would remember her. So great job, guys. You guys are so amazing. <laughs> but that's the heart of our church. And that's the thing about a family, though, is sometimes you don't always get along. And sometimes you don't always agree with everybody. Colossians 3, 13 to 14 says... Make allowances for others' faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. So if we choose to operate in love and do what the Bible says, we can look past faults and differences in our relationships. And let me tell you, this is, because this is a family, those things will come up. We will, you know, you will sometimes have that moment of offense that comes up. The Bible says offenses will come. But choose to, to forgive. And it's easier if you're in relationship with people because you know, you know them. And, and a lot of times they didn't mean to hurt you or what they said wasn't meaning to to. to you know, cause an offense. So usually a conversation will work it out. So let's do that. Okay. But, and, and sometimes, you know, we have to choose our battles or, or choose not to engage in the battle at all. We don't always have to be right. This, this, this is something that, um, Michael and I work through sometimes, you know, cause we both are prideful in areas. And so we both think we're right. And so we'll argue, we will argue about who's right. But at the end of the day, does most of the time, it doesn't matter what the right answer is. We just choose to like disagree on that. 
And even though we both go to bed thinking we're right, that's okay. For the sake of our marriage, it's okay. So, so everyone has their strengths. And so let's help each other win, okay? Let's not look at the differences. Let's not look at what keeps us apart. But let's be a family and let's help each other win. So being in community is the first step, but that is not the only step. So we just got a new puppy. So this is, this is Harley. She's cute. She's a uh, Australian Shepherd doodle mix. So she's an Aussie doodle and she's eight weeks old and she's cute. We got her on Friday. So we're busy uh, taking her outside every couple hours, feeding her, giving her water, giving her cuddles, giving her all the things that she needs to um, be happy and secure in our home. But soon the training has to come because peeing on the floor is not acceptable for, you know, past this puppy stage. So she does need to learn where the proper place is to go, okay? And so that, that is the same with us, that, that when we as humans, we find our human needs met. We have our food, water, shelter, safety, connection with God, you know, and we're happy and comfortable. Then the growing can come. Then the discipleship can come. So the next my next point is the fruit of discipleship. It's letting God shape us and develop us into the people that he has called us to be. So spending time with people, so first you have community, and spending time with people, that helps br bridge the, um, the gap. It, it brings relational equity, it builds trust, it, br you know, it builds a friendship, and it's in those relationships that God's use that God uses to, to have transparent and building relationships. You know, the, the let me take the splinter out of your eye moments. You know, that it comes with this relational equity. Matthew 28, 18 to 19 says, Jesus came and told the disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I would say that this is Awakens Church mission and mandate. We are a discipleship church. We pride ourselves on it. And we even coined this because we came up with the term, what does it mean to, to be, you know, a disciple maker at Awakens Church? It's passionately pursue Christ and purposefully produce Christ followers. So you can get that tattooed on you if you're new, that we all have it. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't do it. <laughs> but that's our mission here. We passionately pursue Christ and purposefully. It takes intention. It takes on both sides to, to produce Christ followers. And we take pride in that. Did you know that, we're, that the, all the leaders here were trained fruit inspectors? Did you know that? We're trained. Luke 6, 34 to 35 says, For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its fruit. For men do not father figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from the bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks or locates. And we really um, believe this here at this church. So we believe promotion comes from God. But we as leaders identify that by looking for the fruit. We look at the fruit and the health of that fruit. So, and, and the fruit that, that we produce, as this scripture says, that out of the heart, good comes. It's, it's not who we hope to be. That's not our fruit. It's who we are. So that's, but that's why you see, you know, um, 
certain things that are common within our church, you know, that, that, that we work on and, and want to reproduce. We, Pastor, you're going to Leanne, only put people on this platform with, um, you know, that they trust that they want more of, or they, they trust the fruit that's going to come out of us because they, they understand that whoever stands here, it, we're going to reproduce more of what is being said. And so they're so intentional about this in all areas. So what kind of fruit are you producing? Everything that's healthy grows, but not everything that grows is healthy. Because according to scripture, bad trees also produce. And from my experience with all this rain that we've been having, these weeds are nasty, okay? They pop up everywhere and they're, they have stickers and they get in my fingers and like sap. So I'm trying to nurture my plants and my orange trees and my herb garden, but the weeds are just growing like crazy. So it's not just... If it's growing, it's good. It's actually, you need to take the time, like, is this a weed? I, you don't want those things growing in your heart. You need to pluck those things out. You need friends to help you identify those things. And producing fruit is not just growing. Jesus says you wouldn't know them by their size. He says you would know them by their fruit. So don't, don't mistake a lot of people or things or attention on something as, as something that you need to put your attention on. So be wise. That's why we have the Holy Spirit, and that's why he shows us. So what is good fruit? Now we all can be fruit inspectors. I'm going to teach you how. Galatians 5.22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control which happen to be also the names of my nine white rose bushes I have in my front yard. <laughs> when I planted them, I'm like, I need more of you. Joy, you're beautiful. Peace. And I, and I do talk to my plants and um, tell them to grow more beautiful white flowers. It actually works. Did you guys, have you ever talked to plants before? Michael talks to his plant all the time. He says, you're beautiful and your leaves are full. I'm like, you don't talk to me that way. <laughs> leaves. <laughs> Pray for my hair to not be gray. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> yes, wisdom. But we can change the fruit that we're producing by, by leaning into the Holy Spirit, asking for these things. God, thank you for, for the joy in my life. Like when we press into these areas, you'll see it start to produce in your life. Let's focus on the things we want more of and squash and not put attention to things we don't want more of, okay? This is, this is important. So, and, and this is where people are also going to come alongside of you and help you get prayer and, and uprooting these things and, and fostering the things that, that need to grow. But we also need to be careful about who we allow to speak into us because sometimes someone may say something well-meaning, but it's not sitting right, you know, in your spirit or, or they want to give you advice in an area that they have not shown fruitfulness, or they want to give you financial advice in an area that they have not mastered, or marriage advice, you know, when they've not shown, you know, um, a good history there. And so that's what it means by looking at the fruit. If you want to see what your life is going to be like, if you follow down that path, you have to look at what they have in their life. So, so it's great to learn from people, but, but be careful with the words that you let sink in and the ones that, that you um, stand on. Proverbs twenty seven seventeen says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Be someone who desires sharpening. 
Be around people that sharpen you. And be in a posture of learning that sometimes, you know, we have blind spots. All of us do. And so if someone comes alongside you with relational friendship and, and says, look, this is, I've been noticing this. I really think this um, is, a, is a ceiling over your life. You know, don't be quick to reject it. At least take it and process with God. God, is this something that you're trying to show me? And or you might reject it the first time and then he'll bring someone else to tell you the same thing. And then you're like, okay, okay, God, I'm listening. I'm listening. Let's be um, listening for those things and it will, they'll help us grow. But there are sparks when iron sharpens iron. There are sparks. We are a very encouraging church. Pastor Jurgen is one of the most encouraging people on planet Earth. He can give a genuine compliment to just about anyone he meets, and they feel loved and seen by him because he has this gift to make you feel special, and Pastor Jurgen is so amazing at it. But a soft cloth that's, you know, polishing is not going to make you sharp. So we can say all the nice things to people, like, you're amazing, you're so good at this, you know, that you're afraid to, to um, say something that might irk them, but it's when iron on iron is actually what sharpens us. So a sword is going to lose its effectiveness if it's only being polished and never sharpened. It's not going to be able to accomplish what God has called it to do. If we're just sitting around like polishing each other. It's like, oh, wow, look how pretty you look. Look how pretty you look. That's not helpful. So, so sometimes discipleship does take that, that sparking. And from a trusted person, from, when it's God or a trusted friend, it's good for us. And then once we're all sharpened or we go through a sharpening season, then we can get a polish and, and be effective and shiny and, and, and do what God has called us to do. So let's be those people. So we all need a Paul and a Timothy in our lives. Paul represents someone who wrote most of the um, New Testament, someone that is teaching us how to live. When you read the New Testament, he teaches us, do this, all, these, all the letters he wrote, he teaches us how to live. This would represent who is discipling you. Who is your Paul? Who would you say is your Paul? Do you have someone that you can name that's your Paul? We need someone to speak into us and encourage us and push us and that we step out of our comfort zones. That's Michael for me. He, he pushes me out of my comfort zone and, and also encourages me, but also tells me the hard things that I need to hear. So husbands, you should be speaking into your wives. They, you should be the first one discipling your wife. But I'm also discipled by people around me, my friends, Pastors Jurgen and Leanne, they disciple me in so many areas, but it's not because I have access to them by telephone or have coffee. It's watching them, watching how Pastor Jurgen looks after Leanne and loves her and, and dotes on her. That Just watch their marriage. Watch how they, they um, do their quiet times. Watch them. You can, you can learn from podcasts, watching people from um, on, online streaming, you know, and all of these things. You can learn from all of these people. You don't, I think the, the mentorship mentality is a little bit, they're narrowing. Like, I feel like America is stuck on this, like, I need a mentor. I need a mentor. It's like, actually, no. You, well, with the, with the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, you can learn from so many different people and be way more effective than just you meeting with one person for, like, once a month. It's just, like, just, we don't need that, okay? You guys have access to, to more and greater. 
So you are being discipled by, by people around you. People are being discipled by the things they watch on TV and the music they listen to. So think about that. That's, that's yeah. So be careful what you're letting in. But while we can grow and learn from watching others from a distance, does anyone really know you? Does anyone know what you're struggling with or the challenges you're facing? Going back to my first point, we need to be intentional about being in relationship with others. And then we need a Timothy. Paul calls him a son in the faith, someone to bring alongside us, someone to say, hey, I found this great church. You want to come with me? You don't have to be way far ahead of them to lead them. You just bring them alongside and look, this is what I did. I took DNA and then I joined the kids serving team and now I'm here. You just, that's, that's leading someone else. That's, that's having a Timothy. Who is it that you're, you're training up, sharing with them your revelation that you learn when you're reading the Bible? Oh my gosh, I learned this thing. I need to share it with someone, you know, share it with your Timothy. It's, it's so good. Proverbs 15:32 says, if you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. But if you listen to correction, you will grow in understanding. So keep a teachable spirit. You will be wiser. And have the posture that you can learn something from everyone. I, your, your days are going to be way more fun. Write down every day what you learned today. One name, one person you met today. Thankfulness. You know what's funny is when I was writing this message, every time I wrote the word discipled, it wanted it to, the computer wanted me to change it to disciplined. And then I was getting annoyed because it wouldn't, uh, like, ignore. But then, and I was trying to, like, add. I don't know. Google doesn't do that, I think, like, add word. Um, but it's funny because then I realized, wow, actually, it takes discipline to be discipled. So you're not wrong, Google. <laughs> All right. So the last point is the honor in hospitality. The definition of hospitality is the friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests, visitors, or strangers. Hospitality displays honor and displays the heart of a father, of the father, him. It was when Rebecca went above and beyond serving Eleazar water for himself and his camels that her destiny was unlocked. He said, that's her, that's Isaac's bride. And it's because of her service heart. Or Michael bringing a pumpkin pie to my house. Unlocks your destiny, babe. <laughs> you never know what service serving can do. But the, you know what? The hotel industry really understands this. I mean, they're not called hospitality industry for no reason. But the Ritz-Carlton is known for its five-star customer satisfaction. So people that, uh, that go and frequent the Ritz-Carlton, they know your name. They're like, sometimes they will look at your luggage tag to learn your name, or they, they look you up online if you're um, someone famous, and they know your face. The people in the hall, they welcome you by your name. And if you order something room service, the first time you stay there, the next time you go, they remember, and then they'll send it to your room. And, and they are so incredible that they even tell their staff they have up to $2,000 without asking a manager to, to fix a problem that a guest is having to help their guest experience. So when you go to a hotel like that, they want you to feel like a VIP, and they want you to come back, and they want you to feel, feel loved. And um, it's so great. 
my mom, she was the best at this. She, when you come over to our house, she would have like bowls of candy out, like M&Ms everywhere. And she would, if you said, oh, I like your shirt, she would give it to you and then give you like other things from her closet. But she learned it from her mom who, when I was um, a little girl, I would, I would come, my friends would come over and my grandma would be like giving away my Barbie dolls and my toys. And I'm like, those are mine. And she's like, it's okay. It's okay. She likes it. I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, but I feel like hospitality is this lost art that should be passed down. Kind of like we pass down family recipes. And, and hospitality doesn't seek to impress or to network, or make that person feel like they owe you something, or obliged, or, you know, out of need. Like, the true heart of hospitality is to serve the people. And, and if you talk to my mom, she, she didn't, she wasn't trying to buy friendships or be popular. She truly cared. And to see you smile made her day. So she would do everything to help people around her smile and feel good. So thank you, Mom, for teaching me that. But I think that's why Connect Group works so well in our church because it's, it's people that carry the heart of vision in our church, everything I'm talking about, inviting people in, creating a safe place to, for people to come, be vulnerable, share their stories, get prayer, eat together. And, and I feel like across America, that's why small groups are so... Um, successful is because it creates an atmosphere where people can thrive and be known and loved. But Instagram and social media wants to tell us things need to be perfect in our lives to invite people over or invite people in. They, they have these, like, these perfect homes and everything's clean. Don't get me wrong. Please clean your house if you invite people over. Vacuum, do the dishes. Nobody wants to see that, okay? Whatever, whatever it is that you can clean up, do that. But there, no one is perfect. That's a false image. Nobody is perfect. So don't let that keep you from, from being hospitable and looking after others. And, and you might be thinking, why well, don't have a host to home? Well, don't compare to others. Look for ways to be hospitable. You can bring people a meal. You can bake them cookies. You can offer a service that you have. Like, look for ways to help people. But there's something special about opening up your home. You know, the, Jesus and the disciples all through the New Testament stayed in people's homes. Some people even built extra rooms for, for the man of God to live in. You know, and, and so they were constantly going in people's homes and, and were looking um, at, for people to, to look after them. Maybe you're not ready to lead a connect group, but maybe you can host one. Maybe you can say, you know what? I have a place. I have a cool yard. I have a pool. I want to go, go to a pool party. Who has a pool that can have me over? So look for ways, look for ways that, that you can be of service to, to, to others. And right now, if you, um, if you, I'm talking about this and you're thinking in your mind, well, I've, I've never owned a home and no one in my family has owned a home. And you're believing for a home because El Cajon is going to be a place where people are going to ho- own homes and have miracle homes. So if that's you, will you just raise your hand? Let me pray for you. God, I just thank you for a, re- a release of properties across this place. I thank you, God, that wherever our foot treads, we... we we claim for your kingdom, God. So I thank you for releasing homes and miracles and finances over every person here. I thank you that that um, generational um, curses are going to be broken around this area. That that the poverty mentality 
And, and the way of thinking of, of a home is just going to be thrown out the window. God, your streets are paved with gold in heaven. So we know finance is not the problem. So I thank you right now for home ownership, stewardship, release of miracle homes. And I thank you that every hand raised that you are saying, yes, yeah, sign me up. I'm ready for a house and I'm going to take good care of it. Invite people over. Invite Pastor Lisa over for lunch. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so every one of you that get a miracle home now, I'm expecting an invitation. <laughs> I love it. I love our church. All right, so we're going to look at one more story. It is found in Luke 19, 1 through 10. And it's the story of Zacchaeus. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and said his name, Zacchaeus, quick, come down here. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. They grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give you half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who were lost. I love this story because it doesn't matter what kind of lifestyle or man Zacchaeus was before that moment. It all changed the moment he said yes to Jesus. And I don't even know if when he, when he climbed that tree, if he knew what he was looking for. He had heard of Jesus, and I don't even know if he knew the transformation that was going to come in his life. But because he said yes and invited Jesus in, his whole household was saved. So let's learn from what he did, some keys from Zacchaeus. First of all, he was a tax collector, so he wasn't popular. True for then, true for now. But are we positioning ourselves to be noticed by him? Are we coming to church? Are we coming to Connect Group? He wasn't going to be noticed standing in the crowd. The Bible says he wasn't tall. So he really went after it. He climbed a tree. And that couldn't have been easy. Are we waiting for people to approach us? Or are we going to go climb a tree to, to make friends? What would you say if Jesus invited himself over to your house? Today, right now, spontaneously, would you let him in? Would you say yes? Jesus provided Zacchaeus, an opportunity to be hospitable. If he calls on us, would we let him in? Would we say yes? But whenever Jesus entered a home in the New Testament and in this passage, he brought breakthrough, healing to the home, salvation. And because he said yes, his family was transformed. And it's just such a beautiful story about just a man looking for him, looking for an answer. And God says, I'm coming over. <laughs> I love it. It doesn't even say he asked. It says he said, I'm coming to your house for lunch. <laughs> and I feel like that's a word for some people here today, that you've been searching, and Jesus is here today 
wanting to come into your life, wanting to be in relationship with you? Have you said yes to him or have you kept him outside on the porch? So if with every head bowed and eye closed, I want to pray for those people right now. That listening to this message, you realize there has been a disconnect with God. That, 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 that connection hasn't been missing. That, that maybe you knew of God, you watched him from a window or you watched him through a crowd. But have you let him into your life? Have you let him into your heart? Have you let him be Lord of your life? So if that's you this morning, I want to give an opportunity right now. If that's you, can you just give me a little wave so I can pray for you? Who are those ones? Can I see that? I see that hand. God bless you. Anyone else? Anybody else? Just wait just a minute. He's patient. I see that hand. God bless you. He doesn't knock down the door. He doesn't force his way in. He waits patiently for us. But when you let him in, I tell you, the peace he brings, the joy he brings, the healing he brings to all the areas you never know you needed. Any, anyone else want to reconnect today? It's not too late. Thank you, God. God, I just thank you for every hand that was raised. I thank you that today they have come in communion with you, God. I thank you for each and every believer here that we continue to walk with you, trust you, be sharpened by you. I thank you for friendships to be formed from this moment on in this house. I thank you for this family. I thank you for Awakened Church and what it's doing. And I thank you, God, that you are Lord of our lives and we just love you so much. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.